Lekut Asich is Chilik Yudzayin, Pirki Oves, Perik Aleph, page 347 in the Sefer, the Sicha Bekitzer. Mishnah Tesvav of the first Perik says like this, Shamay Oimer, Asayte Rosh which the way Mepharshim explained, this means that a person's primary occupation, both by day and by night, should be learning Torah, and his work should be secondary. Then the Mishnah continues, If you promise to do something, promise little, and deliver a lot, like we find by Avraham Avinu, that he said to the Malachim, I'm going to give you bread, and in the end he brought them meat. He brought them meat. And finally, If you have guests over, you should do so, without a scowl, but with a smiling face. The question that we have is that each of these three things are not really mili de chasidusa, they're not things of piety, they're actually basic elements, basic obligations that are self-understood or are part of other obligations of Teda. For example, Asetir Aschakva is brought numerous times in the obligations of Chazal, Additionally, we find that a person is supposed to learn Torah constantly, especially since we said in the beginning of the Patek that the world stands on three things. One of them is Torah. So clearly a person has to learn Torah as much as possible. It's self-understood. Secondly, when the Mishnah says, we know there's a, a mitzvah in the Torah that a person should not desecrate his word. If he makes a promise, he must fulfill it. So obviously a person should not over-promise. It's, uh, the same thing as they do a lot it's also not a great chiddush because if a person has the ability to do a lot of mitzvahs a lot of good deeds he should do a lot so what is the Mishnah telling us that this is something unique as Midli the thirdly when the Mishnah ends this is seemingly a basic uh, ba- this is basic manners and especially since it says that which you do not like to be done to you do not do unto others clearly a person should receive another person with a smiling countenance and as part of the mitzvah and not specifically because it's midas chasidus an approach of piety we have three more Questions in the Mishnah itself. Number one, what is the connection between these three specific teachings of Shammai that because of that they are placed in the same Mishnah? Number two, why does the Mishnah not end after it says, that your Torah learning should be primary with the words of that your work should be secondary, which is very common in, the, in this phrase in other, when it's brought in other places. And number three, what else are we learning from the fact that Shammai is the one who taught this teaching? Before we give the answer, we have to introduce the idea that although the way we understood the mission is coming from Avaz Dirabnasan, which is an early and therefore powerful source for understanding this Mishnah. Nevertheless, we find throughout the generations that there are many commentaries to this Mishnah, some of which actually argue, disagree with the Pirish of Rebnasan. And not only that, but these great G'dayla Yisrael encourage their students to delve deeply into it and bring come up with new understandings of the Mishnah. As long as it's within the parameters of how you understand, learn, understand Torah, coming up with new explanations, even if they contradict earlier ones, is totally acceptable. Just like we find in Torah Shabbik Sav, that there's many different interpretations. Especially since in Torah Shabbat there's an obligation to understand. And if we have questions on the Mishnah, we don't understand the earlier commentaries, we have to come up with new ones so that way we should understand the Mishnah. So now that we understand that it is okay to introduce new explanations in the Mishnah, we're going to introduce a new explanation in the Mishnah. And that is, and that'll answer all the questions that we asked earlier. 
And that is, is that Shammai is coming as a follow-up to the first Mishnah, where it says the world is standing on three things, on Teira, on Aveda, and Gminas Chasadim. Aveda is, is prayer, davening, and acts of kindness. Which means that a person should engage in all of these three pillars, because the world is, rely, is, is standing upon them. What happens if a person cannot engage in all three simultaneously? A person has to choose one where he'll invest his energy and his passion and his enthusiasm in one of the three. Which one should these three, which one of the three should it be? This is what Shammai is telling us in this Mishnah. It should be learning Torah that even though, halachically speaking, a person could choose Gemilas Chasadim, but Shammai is saying as Mili de Chasidusa, as a matter of piety, a person should choose learning Torah, that that should be his primary occupation with which to hold up the world. And this is why the mission doesn't end with the word Melachtach Arai, because it's not discussing Torah versus Melacha, Torah versus work, it's discussing Torah versus Gemilus Chasadim and Aveda, that Torah should be the Kva, Torah should be the most important one. It also, it's also understood why the Mishnah doesn't say that Aveda and Gemilus Chasadim should be Arai, should be secondary or temporary for two reasons. Number one, because even a person who's choosing the approach of Gemilus Chasadim, nevertheless, when they do engage in Torah, for the few minutes that they do, it should be in a manner of Kva, in a manner that it permeates and the, 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 human, the entire person and it affects the rest of their day. Secondly, it's not appropriate to say Aray on Aveda Gmilas Chasadim. Aray means temporary or secondary, because after all, these are, regardless of which one the person chooses, they are still primary elements of Yiddishkeit, and the world is standing upon them. So therefore, it doesn't make sense to use the word Aray. And therefore, the Mishnah says, and doesn't continue. Because the important message is here that if a person has to choose one of the three, he should choose Tayr. Then Shame continues. I would think. That which part of Torah should I choose? Godel Talmud Shemayv Ledeimaisa. I should be involved in the practical application of Torah, the Piski Halacha, the rulings of Torah. Therefore, Shami says, Emoir, the parts of Torah that are about speaking, about paskining, about the ruling, is Maat. Should be only a small part of your occupation. The primary Torah learning should be Lishma, for the sake of learning Torah itself, for the schar that you get from it, for the Yagdel Torah, the Yad, the greatness of Torah. So which part of Torah should you learn? Not necessarily the practical applications, but the Torah for the sake of Torah. So a person might think, if that's the case, that I'm not involved in the practical applications, maybe this means that Kiyama Mitzvahs, fulfillment, fulfilling of Mitzvahs is not so important. It doesn't have to be done in a primary uh, uh, way. Therefore, Shammai continues, I say Harbe. When it comes to the mitzvah, to the doing mitzvahs, you have to do a lot of mitzvahs, both in quantity as well as in quality, that it should be done with great passion and excitement. So the fact that we're telling you to learn Torah is not a contradiction to the fact that when it comes to mitzvahs, they have to be done in great abundance and with great, with great excitement. Then Shammai continues to another message and says, if we're, we're demanding of the person, advising the person to learn Torah, and not about, it's not about the practical application, but it's about the intellect and the understanding of Torah. We know that the difference between Seichel and Midas is that Midas is for the other person. To love another person or to be afraid of another person. The Midas are expressed when there's something, someone else involved. Meichin is about the person themselves. To be able to delve deeply into the intellectual idea. And as a matter of fact, the deeper the concept, the more important it is for the person to isolate themselves and distance themselves from other people so that way they can focus on the, on the, on the 
intellectual matter at hand. So I might think that in order for me to learn Torah properly and truly comprehend the teachings of Torah, I have to isolate myself and distance myself from other people. Those people that I would engage with would be those people that would enhance my Torah learning, like a chavrusa, a study partner, or my talmidim, my students, which enhance and sharpen my learning. But a random person from which I have no benefit from, I would think that I should stay away from them. So that way my Torah learning should be better. And this is why Shammai concludes that every single person, even someone I have no benefit from, even they, I have to treat them and, and, and uh, receive them with a smiling countenance. They should know and feel that I'm really interested in helping them and being there for them. So you're going to ask, these are very contradictory messages. On the one hand, you're saying I should learn a lot of Torah and not the, the, the rulings of Torah. Then you say, I say I do a lot of mitzvahs. Then you tell me I should understand Torah very well, but at the same time, I should receive people with a smiling countenance. This is, how can I do so? This is why we introduce Shammai. Shammai, the Lekutu says, Shammai comes from the words Hasham or Chesav, a person who measures his steps, a person who, who, who estimates and understands his strengths. When a person recognizes their strengths and, and strategizes and utilizes them properly, he will see that he's able to accomplish all of these things, even though they are contradictory. A deeper level, a deeper understanding of the connection of Shammai is if we look at these three things, we will see that each of these are actually teaching us that the thing that we're doing, we're engaging in, is not an, a, a means to an end, but an end in and of itself. We're learning Torah for the sake of Torah. We're doing mitzvahs for the sake of mitzvahs. And when we treat another yid, we're doing so not for the benefit that we get from that yid, but because of the fact that that yid has to be treated properly. This is consistent with the fact that Yisrael, Ereisev, Kuchabrich, Kulachad, that Yidin and Teir are one with the Eibishter. Because just like the Eibishter is not a means to an end, Chas v'shalem, so too Yidin and so too Teir and Mitzvahs are not a means to an end. The only thing is, is that in Galus we don't necessarily see that. It's only when Mashiach comes that we'll see the greatness of each of these things for themselves. And this is the connection to Shammai. Because when Mashiach comes, the Allah will be like Shammai. So we say Shammai Oimer. That even though now we don't see how each of these things are, 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 are an idea unto themselves, a, 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 an end unto themselves, nevertheless, from the perspective of Shammai, from the perspective of the Geula, each of these things is important, uh, is important in it of themselves, and therefore we should engage in each of them for themselves. Especially since everything that we do during Golos is, the, is what brings about the Geula. So when a person engages in these three things, he, and, he, and he does so in a manner of Shammai, he measures his steps, and he measures his strength, so he's able to utilize them and do everything properly, then this brings about that the Abister also receives us favorably with a shining countenance and brings us the Geula and the Zman of Tchiyas HaMesim when Kol Yisrael Yeshlan Chelek Elam Abba when we'll see how every year there's a portion in the world to come.